A new study shows that mammals can breathe through their anus. Uh, The states with the most and least hoarders. And in China, some elderly tourists were taken on a sales trip to a cemetery. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only weird news podcast that's daily and hosted by a comedian inside a closet. Yes, you don't believe me? Can you hear that? That's right. The wall's right there near your face. Mammals can breathe through their anus in emergencies, a study shows. It's the sound of science. Guys, we got some science. I'm bringing it to you. So a team of Japanese scientists who had some money to spend, and they're like, what do we do with this money? And then one of them was like, hey, man, why don't we find out if mammals can breathe through their buttholes? They were like, yeah, let's do that. How high are scientists? You know, they're like, hey, man, what should we do with this money? Hey, man, dude, do you want to you wanna see if sharks, like, enjoy classical music, man? What about that? <laughs> I swear, these scientists are so damn high. So they're like, okay, let's find out if, if mammals can absorb, absorb oxygen via the butt. Uh, it says here, intrigued by how certain sea creatures breathe through their intestines during emergencies, researchers at Tokyo Medical and Dental University were able to prove the same is true under experimental circumstances for such animals as mice, rats, and pigs. They published their findings over the weekend. Now, they're speculating that this might also apply to human beings who are in respiratory distress when, for instance, ventilators are not available or inadequate. For higher order animals, respiration involves breathing in oxygen and excreting carbon dioxide using lungs or gills. Some species, however, have evolved alternate alternate ventilatory mechanisms. Uh, Some species like the catfish, sea cucumbers, and even certain spiders can use their hind gut in order to oxygenate if they need to survive during an emergency. You know, they're breathing through their buttholes. I am breathing through your butthole, absorbing oxygen through your anus. <laughs> Someone needs to write a song about mammals breathing through their butthole. Uh, oh, there's a phrase for this, or a term for this. EVA, internal ventilation via anus. Wow. Here's one of, one of the scientists quoted. You know, the rectum has a mesh of fine blood vessels just beneath the surface of its lining, which means that drugs administered through the anus are readily absorbed into the bloodstream. Yes, I mean, we all know that you can put drugs up your butt, right? You guys all know that? Alcohol, too. Uh, In fact, before smoking became a thing, people used to put hashish up their butt. That's how they smoked their weed. They didn't smoke their weed. That's how they took their weed up the butt. It's been, that happened a lot for a long time. Smoking came from the New World, as a matter of fact. Europeans weren't smoking anything until they learned it from the natives, the Native Americans. So how were they taking their drugs? Up the butt, brah! Just pushing hash up their butt. Imagine that. That's a good time on a Friday, right? What are you guys doing this weekend? You want to put some hash up your butt? So, yeah, you can absorb things through there. I mean, it's, so it kind of makes sense. Uh This whole absorbing into the bloodstream through the anus made this whole scientific team wonder whether oxygen could be delivered into the bloodstream in the same way. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You could probably absorb barbecue sauce the same way, too. Just right up your butt. (laughs) To answer the question, the scientists, what did they do? They decided to carry out experiments on oxygen-deprived mice, pigs, and rats using two methods, delivering the oxygen into the rectum in a gas form and infusing in 
oxygen-rich enema via the same route. The researchers prepared the lining of the rectum by rubbing it to cause inflammation and increase blood flow, which improved the effectiveness of oxygen delivery. Oh, wow. They go on and on about how they did this. Uh, let's cut to the chase here. Uh, they found that patients in respiratory distress can have their oxygen supply supported by this method in order to reduce the negative effects of oxygen deprivation while underlying conditions are being treated by the body. Uh, eventually, the team hopes to establish the technique's effectiveness in humans during a clinical setting. So uh, they'll probably be, probably be looking for volunteers, guys. Does anyone want to be deprived oxygen and then given oxygen up your butt at the same time? Anyone want to be strangled but have oxygen shoved up your butt at the same time? <laughs> An oxygen enema while you're being choked? Anybody into, into this? this <laughs> uh, it sounds like something that some people pay for. <laughs> off those fetish websites. <laughs> you know the ones. This just goes to show how very useful and dynamic our butthole really is. The states with the most hoarders. Hoarding is a big deal in the United States. I don't know where you're listening to this, but uh, we used to have a show called Hoarders. Kind of highlighted this group of dysfunctional people that we have in the culture. Just... Item fetishism is what it comes down to. Just can't have enough things. Cannot throw away things. Can't part with things. Man, that show. You see people, they have so much crap. They can't even move around their house. <laughs> it's just out of control. Have you seen the storage units we have in this country? Just entire buildings filled with units that hold crap. It's the crap that doesn't fit in the homes where these people live. They already have that thing filled to the brim with crap. They need more space to put their crap. <laughs> it's really ridiculous, man. I am what you would call a minimalist. Everything that I need and own pretty much can fit in my car. If I got to just drive away, just throw it in there. That's, I like to live that way because I'm a rolling stone, baby. I don't <laughs> okay, let me get into the article. It says attics and basements, closet shelves, kitchen drawers, spare rooms, even bathtubs can fill up with crap over the years. Like handwritten notes, baby clothes, newspapers, old books, holiday decorations, and more. Even the least sentimental among us might have a little pile of stuff from college that we just aren't ready to say goodbye to yet. Plus, with COVID-19 restrictions separating loved ones and increasing stress, the need to hang on to comfort, comfort items and keepsakes may be even more prevalent. Even when such items are no longer used or taking up way too much space in your home. So this article is exploring hoarding habits across the United States, including how people in each state rate themselves on their ability to acquire without excess and discard items that they no longer use. They surveyed over 1,000 Americans, asked them about their hoarding practices, practices and perceptions, items that they hoard beyond practical use and how hoarding practices may have impacted their personal lives and health. Well, I always question uh, studies like this because you're really relying on the honesty of the people filling out the surveys. So how many people are really going to admit that they're hoarders? Maybe a few, but I would imagine a lot of hoarders are living a delusion. So they wouldn't actually give you the correct data if you ask them. But, but maybe this gives us just a hint at what we're dealing with from a state-by-state -state basis. Um, let's get into it. It looks like 
Okay, when it comes to hoarding, America is all over the map. South Carolina had the highest percentage of self-identified hoarders, so they're at number one. Number two is Ohio. Number three, Alabama. Southern states in particular make up the bulk of the states with the most hoarders. In fact, they had eight out of the top 20 most self-identified hoarders in these southern states. A lot of crap, right? They keep all that stuff in their double wide. <laughs> okay, so who had the lowest percentage? Washington, D.C. comes in. Oh, D.C. doing it with the least amount of hoarders. And then Jersey, Wyoming, Mississippi, Minnesota. Then they asked some questions about hoarding practices. Um, what kind of possessions that, that people keep mostly. For most people, it's clothing, electronics, and books. That was most common, kept long past their use or space. Uh, with a quarter of the respondents reporting that potential need in the future keeps them from discarding these items. Yes, potential need in the future. Uh, like the newspapers that people keep. It's like they think that they're going to need them at some point in the future. Like that shit has been scanned. It's already digit digitized. You can, you can go get it anytime you want, man. Get rid of the newspapers at this point. Now for older surveyed people the past is worth protecting according to them 45 percent of baby boomers were most attached to photos and memorabilia and almost 40 percent of respondents age 55 and older reported holding on to items for their sentimental value sentiment plays less of a role for younger respondents gen z respondents are more concerned with the monetary value of their unused possessions than any other generation at almost 20 percent that makes sense though that uh, someone in an advanced age, would hold on to stuff for sentimental value, wouldn't it? Makes sense to me. They got some uh, gender questions. Uh, women are most likely to donate items they no longer use. They feel less anxiety when discarding possessions, and they see less of an impact from hoarding habits on their health and relationships. Men are 10% more inclined than women to discard items with monetary value before sentimental items. Males are also 15% more likely to hold on to electronics than females. And over a third of male respondents say hoarding has interfered with a prospective relationship. While 37% of women say hoarding has impacted their health, uh, physical, mental, or both. Over half of men, 51%, report the same. Uh, and it goes on to say one half of baby boomers have little to no free storage space in their homes. Oh, boy. Interestingly, another 50% of baby boomers say they are rarely or ever encouraged to throw away items. 40% of Gen Y respondents have shame about the number of items in their homes. And 36% of Gen Z respondents are anxious when discarding items they no longer use or have space for. For Also, a third of Gen X participants have shame about the number of items in their homes. Then they went on to get some numbers on the impact of hoarding. This, uh, this article is quite long with lots of data. I'll post a link to it in the Patreon if you'd like to just kind of dig into it. But I think you get the idea here. Uh, hoarding is a serious issue uh, for many people, and it really affects people's uh, mental and physical well-being, of course. Like anything else, it's a habit. Um, unfortunately, I... I would be surprised to find out if anybody really seeks professional help for such a habit. I think more often than not, all you do is get pressure from your relatives and friends that come over to your house and they're like, dude, you have four fake Christmas trees. Maybe get rid of three of them. You only need Christmas is one day a year, not four. Bobby, you can get rid of the other three. In China, 
elderly tourists were taken on a sales trip to the cemetery. <laughs> That's just insulting. Authorities in China are investigating how a group of elderly tourists were sold a sightseeing tour only to be taken to a cemetery. The group paid 18 yuan for the trip with lunch included, but were shocked when they arrived at the cemetery and then given a sales pitch. <laughs> did they try and sell them a grave? The local tourism commission said the tour company did not hold the appropriate license. The city government has since vowed to crack down on similar behavior. <laughs> there are a lot of these cemetery tours going on in China. <laughs> oh, man, to be fooled in such a way. You think you're going on a really cool tour. Next thing you know, you're, just, <laughs> you're sitting among graves eating a sandwich. Uh, a man named Zhang told the local media that he was invited on a tour by a travel agency named Long Yao. He told his friends about the offer, and they all decided to join him. Sure, we'll go on your tour, buddy. Where are we going? <laughs> Is this Disney? We're going to look at the homes of celebrities? Uh, the video footage taken on the bus shows the group singing and smiling on their day out. <laughs> singing. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's to a cemetery we go. <laughs> But when they arrived at the, quote, scenic spot, it turned out to be a cemetery. <laughs> One member of the tour group told the local media, We are tourists. Why did you ask us to visit the graveyard? Mr. Zhang complained about the tour operator to uh, the local Culture and Tourism Development Committee, who have launched an investigation. It said that Long Yao Tour Company did not have the appropriate license to hold any tour. <laughs> It's just, of all the things, you know, you're going to put, hey, hey, let's start a, a fake tour company. But then, you know, you could have taken them to a lot of places and pretended that it was cool. But instead, you took them to just the cemetery. I mean, you took, you could have took them to some mansions and been like, oh, Tom Cruise lives there. And just watched the confusion on their faces. But who can really doubt you, you know? Uh, <laughs> if you take them to a cemetery, <laughs> it's just, it's obvious that you're fleecing them. Uh, at the end of the article, it says, this isn't the first time a travel tour in China has caused some controversy. In 2015, a Chinese tour guide had her license revoked after she was caught on camera berating tourists for not shopping enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more like it. That sounds like a Chinese tour. <laughs> Spend more money. <laughs> Tip more. Tip more. Thanks once again for joining me for another episode of Weird AF News. There's over a million podcasts out in the world, and you chose to listen to mine, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your loyal listenership. I really am. Without you, we would have no show, so I appreciate all of my listeners. And uh, many of my listeners has, have reached out to me on Instagram, at Funny Jones, and, uh, and I always answer. So if you'd like to make a comment to me or say something or make a suggestion, just follow me on Instagram, at Funny Jones, and drop me a message. If you'd like to call the show, the number is 646-450-2012. If you have an article you'd like me to cover, please email me a link, funnyjones at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review of the podcast, that's very helpful and it doesn't cost anything. Uh, Amazon and Apple Podcasts are the place you can do that. You can leave me some stars. Uh, you can leave me a positive or a negative review, but express yourself either way. Uh, I would love that. And if you'd like to support the show on another level, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdafnews, where you can support the show uh, for a couple of dollars a month. And uh, you, get, uh, you get something for that. You get a good feeling that you're supporting a daily weird news show, uh, really the only one of its kind. You also get that good feeling 
when you get into the Patreon and get to see all that awesome, weird AF extra content that you unlock with your Patreon subscription. So you get a lot of extra weird AF stuff, which is great. It's more me, and it's more weird. So if you like the weird stuff that you're getting with the podcast and you like me, then you'll enjoy the Patreon. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews, or go to weirdafnews.com.